still as a mouse. Man come along and he chased us out in the rain. Was that a vigilante man? Stormy days, we'd pass the time away. Sleeping in some good warm place. Man come along and we give him a little race. Was that a vigilante man? Preacher Casey was just a working man. And he said, unite all you working men. Killed him in the river. Some strange man was that a vigilante man. We're making corrections now. We're making corrections now. Retuning to new calibration. Still sounds distorted. Really. Oh, why does a vigilante man? Why does a vigilante man carry that sword off? Shotgun in his hand, would he shoot his brother and sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle. Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land. All right now. 
took her home. Yeah. My place. Watching every move on her face. She said, Look, watch your Okay, well, I was planning on trying to seg these things together, but this is Michael Rui. He's a contributor, so that's not too bad. Well, uh, maybe we could do it this way. We'll just talk over the first 10 minutes of each song. If you take this, look for my Reverb Nation, Michael Rui.
This is Mike Derrick on SoundCloud. Mike Derrick, D-E-R-R-I-C-K.
Spend my days with a woman unkind Smoke my stuff and drink All my wine Made up my mind Make a new star Going to California with an A.K.M. In my heart Someone told me there's a girl out there With love in her eyes and flowers In her hair On a big jet plane Never let them tell you That we're all, all the same Oh, the sea was red And the sky was gray What it had tomorrow Could ever follow today Mountains in the canyon Start to tremble and shake The children of the sun begin
Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify. Join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. That's a story. That's the difference between wrong and right But Billy said that both those words are dead That's the story of my life That's the story difference between wrong and right But Billy said that both those worlds are dead That's the story of my life
Joseph lay with Mary 
All right, yes, here we are. That's, uh, that's Remy Flo. Dig that, man. That's one of the uh, contributors from the basement because it's no lie in the basement. We're miles apart. No surprise, going to rise from the basement. And what it is, it's home recorded. It's any style, any genre. It just has to be recorded where you sleep. And that's where Remy Flo did that. So I'm just kind of doing some uh, of these artists from uh, 2022. And that's kind of where we are here at Mutiny Radio in the corner of 21st and Florida. That's right, Gray. You're out there mingling, loitering. Ah, where it's always flat and sometimes sunny. It's, um, it's winter. This is the, the, the week between Christmas and New Year's. It's supposed to be a good week. I guess this is a week to go do things. Uh, I heard if you want to go like up to the mountains or something, this is the week. Uh, but now, look at who knows. But yeah, it's a good, uh, people are, you know, doing things. Um, the holidays are, are um, behind us. Kind of nice. Um, you know, it can make for a longer winter, but I don't know. I, that doesn't really apply to me anymore. <laughs> it's like, Really no winter to speak of around here, but those of you who are, uh, man, the lake effect, whoo, I didn't look what's going on in, in Chicago, but Buffalo, my God, it's still snowing there. Yeah, um, I can remember my, my grandma lived right off the lake, but like in, on the um, uh, Indiana-Michigan uh, uh, border, and it was just far enough, so you'd leave, you know, you'd leave Chicago, and it's, like, dry, and, and then about, about, like, 10 miles from their house, it would just be, holy shit, it'd be, like, three feet of snow in, like, blizzard, like, oh, my God, but it was, it was so, that was uh, going to Grandma's house on Christmas, man, and just risking your life in the snow on the highway, oh, man, that was the best, knowing that you had a nice warm house and a, and a killer meal, solid, I uh, hope you had uh, a good one, and, uh, yeah, we're working on the new year, but we got good news. We're 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 going to be here for at least another year, and uh, we've got a nice uh, infusion. If you come through the website, uh, continue to infuse us. Uh, we've got enough to maybe um, to to fix things that were broke. I mean, we were like, you know, like the toilet was broke. I mean, to, you know, figuratively, um, the toilet and you know, it, you know, the roof leaked and, and it was bad. But um, we're we're going to fix all that stuff and uh, provide you with even better programming in the future. Um, no, I mean, the program has always been solid. That's never been an issue here at Mutiny Radio. Um, so what am I doing? I'm just playing some uh, Basement Folk. And I am uh, brought some records in, too. So let's see. And I, I, I haven't been good. You know, uh, you know uh, Scott was here from Flat Black Plastic and gave me the Joe's Garage record. Thank you. I worked on a little... Yeah, we did a little barter thing there. Worked out nicely. And um, he's like, yeah, you should write that stuff down. And I, and I started and then I forgot. Uh, Michael Rui we did in there. He was on Reverb Nation. Uh, uh, Pleasure Paradise. No, Pre Pleasure Parade. They were good. Remy Flow. Let's see. Maybe I can go, if I go back to the, um, uh, there. And, ah, uh, nah, I'm not going to. Uh, let me tell you about the records we played, though. Uh, Grand Funk Live, that was uh, Mistreater. That was an instrumental, but holy moly, that was the three-piece, uh, those, like, three dudes from Michigan. And then they added some, you know, in the in the day, but this was like, man, they were really, they were really 
stored it up. Uh, Johnny Cash, uh, Five Feet High and Rising, The Velvet Underground. Uh, we did um, what's uh, what's inside? No, what, what am I? That's uh, the story of my life. Dig. Hey, bro, 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 bro. Um, Rolling Stones, 2000 Light Years from Home. Uh, from the Working Man Dead record, we did some uh, blues song. Oh, Tiny Writing. Warning, Cumberland Blues. We did uh, Balzac from the... Uh, sorry about that speed thing, man. I was just uh, first chatting it up, and I didn't really pay attention that it, that was a that's a big 45 so that was a big boo-boo on there sorry about that balzac uh led zeppelin uh we had um uh Kay jizzle in there if you looking for him on uh on uh, soundcloud and and uh um we had uh force medication that's another good one look at that look at that um they always got something going on the ventures from the let's go record we did el watusi that was good. Uh, then from that Joe's Garage, we did uh, Side One, Cut One. I don't know this record. Uh, token of My Extreme. And we opened up with Free, the band. From the Fire and Water, we did uh, All Right Now. And uh, what are we going to do? Let's do this. Uh
head starts spinning round You fall down to the ground Feel your body heave Death and starts to Shopify presents cool sheets from AHA to... I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed.
Yesterday, and do the same thing, the same person, the same thing yesterday. Uh -oh. Well, I can't touch the clouds for you. I've never reached the sun for you. I've never done the things that you need done for you. I've stretched as high. As I can reach, I guess I'm not the one for you. Cause I can't touch the clouds or reach the sun for you. No, I can't touch the clouds or reach the sun. Now I can't turn back time for you and make you sweet 16 again. I can't turn your barren fields to green again And I can't sit around and talk about what might have been again I can't turn back time and make you young again I can't turn back time and make you young can't help you chase the dream you're groping for I know your heart is open wide but I don't know who it's open for cause I can't know your mind or 
chase your dreams with you. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten It's glistening once again With candy canes and silver lines that glow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas yeah. Toys and every store sight to see is the holy that will be on your own front door a pair of half long boots and a pistol that your sister what's up you guys this is emily rudolph host of the badgers and jam podcast and comedian in San Francisco, marketing specialist of sorts. I am here today with a brand new episode for you. Don't forget, we record these episodes live at Mutiny Radio on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. So you can tune in there or make sure to subscribe here on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever, Apple, whatever. Yeah, cool. That was good. Wherever you, wherever you listen to podcasts, my friends. And this week, I have my good friend, Nicholas Gonzaga, he is an incredibly unique filmmaker and creator. I've known him for quite a while. We actually had a community radio show together. He started it and brought me into it. And it was hosted out of an abandoned school nurse's office in downtown Phoenix, which is so cool. And we'll get into that more on this episode. Nick even does a couple of impressions for us, which are my favorite. I love his impressions. They are phenomenal, like top-notch impressions. And he even tells a story about like how these different voices of different characters come together to create this one ultimate impression. So listen in for that. We also talk about how David Blaine is weird. Did I mention I've got Raphael Wolfgang in the studio with me too? Fellow comedian and my partner in crime. Yeah. So if any of that interests you, make sure to listen in. I will be making sure to get a new episode up for you guys every week as of this week. There's just been some changes to our recording situation and schedule, so things are going to be shifting a little bit over the next few months, but it will all be 
good things. So more regular episodes, hopefully some mini-sodes coming, and video is ultimately where I would love to go with this so you guys can see what's happening. And we'll get some more regular guests happening on air. But in the meantime, tune into this awesome episode with Nick, an old friend of mine. It's a great look into kind of the story of why this podcast was created. And I've got some fun guests for future episodes already recorded and in the queue for you guys. So make sure to tune in next week. Nick hosted with me on a KDIF uh, in Arizona, which was dope. Uh, we had a dope radio show called Gone's After Curfew, and it was out of like an abandoned school nurse's office, which was really you started that and brought me into it. It was not my thing. That was all you. And then you kind of like introduced yeah, me. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> that was, it was like named after me, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was named after you. But like, you know, it was our like, it was our thing aside from like. Truthfully, I could not have done it without you. Yeah. I'm not you... a good computer guy. You had these like amazing bursts of inspiration and you would just stay there for like six hours after we would record a show and you would like, you called me one night and you were like, I scrapped the whole recording of our show and I put together this thing called the Watergate episode. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Though. It was really dope. But yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. You were the, you were really the, the driving force behind like every show's itinerary theme and like talking points and I was really like designing and kind of documenting everything and then also they're talking with you but you really brought the show I I did my best I did my best I had some good ideas shit man I, I wish they would have paid us for it because I would have done it forever and I feel like you and me were the only ones like trying to do anything with that I remember we got like in touch with the news and they were like yeah we want to come down to the station and like do a story about your radio station and they were like oh no don't don't invite anybody here i'm like no but there's four people listening and two of them work here so <laughs> do you want exposure like what the fuck Raphael's also laughing at that <laughs> yeah mm. that's like kind of we like I was just talking to the host that is on the show before me. She has peace drums. Her name is Joan. She's really cool. Or like her show is, is called peace drums. And uh, we were just saying like, we need to get some, some good data on how many people are listening because we'll joke and be like, we don't know how many people are actually listening. But then we have like comedians who will, you know, write in and, and chat when there's technical issues. So like, we know that we have a community around us, but yeah, like I want to get more exposure too. We had an open mic though, where a taxi driver drove by the station and he was like, I'm listening to the open mic right now in, in the cab, which was so dope. What? What? Yeah. Like on the street. Cool. It was really, I think Raphael might've been the one on stage when it happened. I yeah, think I think at KDIF we had like a one mile radius of like a band. I don't know what you would call it, but it didn't get very far. If you passed baseline, you couldn't hear the station anymore. So <laughs> yeah. I know it's I like had a one mile listing radius. I had a couple of people who were like, "I can't. It's not working for me." And I was like, "Well, you're too far. I don't know what to tell you." <laughs> yeah. You gotta tune in on the internet, otherwise you can't hear it on like the real radio. Even though like we're a radio thing, so you're gonna get like listener data, and then it's gonna turn out Emily's like the good news is we have a following. The bad <laughs> news is they're all damn dirty hips, no money. I mean that's the same. It seems like no matter where you start a radio show, that seems to kind of be the case. <laughs> we're calling you're calling us right now. You're calling the deep mission of San Francisco. So 
It's really not that different from the vibe that we had in South Phoenix. Deep Mixon sounds like a porno. It kind of is on the streets. Huh. <laughs> yeah, two girls, one cup. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of pornos, you've been making some cool videos lately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I have with the company that I, that I manage the warehouse for. Um, they have well. Uh, our marketing is not very good. So I was like, yeah, I could probably put something together. And I, I made a few videos and they're like, holy shit, this is really good. Can you do more? And I was like, well, can you pay more? So, <laughs> so they are paying so, you for that. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm billing them. I, I'm technically a contractor. So billing for it, but, you know, I could be getting paid more. Since I started doing it, our our sales have have definitely shot up because our uh, our Instagram presence and Facebook and TikTok are are getting a lot more views since I started producing content. So that's always a good thing. I could always use a few less holes in my socks, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that's the truth. I mean, that's it. It's interesting that you bring that up because it's like part of the whole, the idea behind this show, right? Is talking about things like that that kind of apply to all different crafts, you know, but also apply to comedy because we do a lot of comedy here at, at uh, Mutiny. But it's like that's true for for pretty much anything, right? Is the impact of like doing that kind of self promotion, but then it's also like what is the impact on you and like your creativity and your personal life, which I want to get into. I was going to say too, like how we met for everybody listening. It's pretty funny. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to describe that, or should I describe? You know, I have a joke about that place now. Yeah, you were like, uh, Jesus Christ, Emily was a literal child. Okay, that's how we're going. <laughs> started working at this office how times um, that I worked at. It was a terrible job. It was a terrible job. Uh, but Emily started working there and then she was, uh, like the only one that was under 40. So <laughs> they're like, Hey, you're a good computer person. We could use someone who is good with computers. So you, yes, you, st I think you started on the phones with the rest of us peasants and then you got booted up to live chat. And then I came shortly after cause they're like, Oh, this guy, we got to keep him away from like the general public. <laughs> and then, um, and then, <laughs> yeah, that was a wild ride. Yeah, that place is, they're out of business, which is funny. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember, I wrote that like seven page fucking resignation letter. Oh my God. You should, honestly, you should tell that story. This is the greatest quitting I've ever seen of somebody at a business. And I do have a talk oh, about this and it includes like, it includes sending the guy the hamburger ingredients on live chat, like PSAPs, throwing key cards at me, like everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was wild. I, I remember like the last like six months we were there, I just didn't give a fuck. And you were smart. You left before all of us. You're like, all right, I'm doing something else. And I, I remember we used to like harass you on Facebook and send you like photo, like little screen grabs of your email that was like Emily has been away from her live chat or from her uh, uh, instant messenger for seventy two days. <laughs> We'd just be like, "Where are you at?" Oh, and then you like had that typo in your name too. It said emaily. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, when I resigned, 
I did it pretty smart. What I did was I found another job, and then the day I was supposed to start the new, I had like 108 hours of PTO saved up. So I convinced like the new manager that I was going to take like a two week vacation. And then when all of the vacation time was like spent, I just started calling out sick every day until all of my sick time was spent. And then like the day I came back, I was planning on quitting around noon at lunch, but I was so hung over. I just said, fuck it. And hit send on that email that I drafted like for the, the previous like seven months. And I sent it like nationwide to the entire, literally like everybody in the entire It was a work of art. It was so many paragraphs and it was very well spoken. Like I was the first time I felt like I really, I've seen you shine a few times. Like when you do impressions or you really fucked with like one of the managers, but you know, besides that. Oh man, that's still one of my proudest moments. I was quitting that job. And then when that, like the manager that was supposed to take over, by the way, I found out from a mutual friend of ours who was in a supervisor position. He told me that morning, he goes, dude, just FYI, when Jen takes over in a few days, like she is planning on shit canning you. So you, whatever you're going to do, you better do it quick. <laughs> if I was smart, I would have let her fucking fire me because then I could have collected employment. But I didn't give a shit. I already started a new job. I was getting double paychecks for like, for like almost a month, like leading up to quitting. So... I quit, and then I saw her, like, coming down the hallway. So I told her to go fuck herself, and then I lit a cigarette just as the elevator doors were closing. FYI, and guys, then... this is not a bit. This is really Nick's life. <laughs> and then as soon as the doors opened again when I got to the ground floor, I was like, oh, shit, she is petty enough to call the cops, because I remember they had just outlawed smoking in Arizona around then. So I just ran for my life for the bus stop and uh, it was like an Indiana Jones movie it just showed up right when I need it <laughs> and then I got on the bus and then I went home and yeah I threw up like you know shortly after I got off the bus because I had to run and I was hung over <laughs> so, oh shit that's how that went and now they're bankrupt and they're closed and um yeah all of those people can eat a dick yeah <laughs> the like the the comic value in your resignation letter was so strong and that's what's Ooh. that's why so i wanted to have you on the show just because i think you're such an interesting like human you know but it's also yeah. it's hard to know what to call you because you creatively reinvent yourself like every so often you know in different ways and like what the last time i saw you in person it was for like a video game night and then you played the didgeridoo for us but then <laughs> raffi's like yeah because raffi Rafi plays the didgeridoo for sleep apnea. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, well, you <laughs> didn't have funny. to make it sound less cool. <laughs> I paused to yeah. see if you wanted to interject me. I did. Well, uh, Rafi plays, to... plays a didgeridoo to cure his erectile dysfunction. <laughs> and that's worse. You could, yeah, I, I didn't even think of that. But uh, what I was going to say is the secret to constantly reinventing myself is Continuous periodic trauma. That's the secret, folks. <laughs> that's also the secret to becoming a comedian. Yeah, that's It's just uh, have your life ruined over and over again and then make fun of it. We did. Uh, we got into some like serious topics last week that I didn't even like. I asked, I had two other local comedians on that. Rafi and I are, we love as friends, but also 
Bigger Belly, very talented. Emma Brennan and Mark Neuer were here. And I was asking them how they got into comedy and we ended up like getting into some real shit because it's always, it feels like it's always real shit behind some things that you think would be the most lighthearted drafts, right? Like that may not be the most eloquent way to say it, but like I was watching, I binge watch weird stuff on YouTube all the time. And I was watching uh, David, the secret, the truth or whatever dark truth behind David Blaine's magic. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, that dude has like a seriously dark past. Just like yeah, he's a weirdy. Yeah, I mean he's it's cool, but it's like it's wild, you know. Like he's been through a lot of pain. I think that's just like a commonality. David Blaine is a creep. Like, <laughs> if, like if just interviews with him. He is a creepy man. Like if he Hot wasn't like an, from Rafi. If he wasn't an incredible magician, uh, dude. Have you seen interviews with him? He talks like fucking. I don't know. He's got like this real slow drawl and he's got these. I mean, he's put himself through some incredible things. Like he has to have brain damage. All all I'm saying is I. Oh, dude. One thousand percent confident women get uncomfortable around David Blaine. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. You'd be on. He wasn't an incredible magician. I would be like on a fucking watch list or like is he legally allowed to be around this school? Yeah, like his he has the personality of a sex offender. It's unbelievable. Mm. He has the uh, he has the sex appeal of a school bus buyer. This is when I really need my Chris Hansen impression to be better. I've been working on it. You know, have <laughs> you been working on it? A little bit, yeah, yeah. I you love it. Wait, you do pictures you do from your webcam, Nick. Are you sure? Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> no, Chris Hansen's like I'm looking at the transcripts. It says. I'd like to see you in cowboy boots. <laughs> Dude, yes. You're, you've always that been the best. Good. and He's always been the best at impressions. And he used to make weird voices of me at the call center, too. And we were laughing earlier because <laughs> he said 2.0, ready to go. And we used to work next to each other on the phones. And it was like like I considered stabbing myself in the eye with a pencil like multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. And Nick would always like, 2.0, ready to go. And he would like turn around in his chair and like slap his stomach at me. And like... <laughs> and, and, <laughs> You were like saying weird stuff about feet for a while, and then I wore flip flops, and I was like, I don't have cute feet, and you were like, "Burr!" You made this horrible noise, and you like spun around in your chair. <laughs> yeah, I did. But you know, I've grown and matured. You know, all I can say to that is, hell yeah, I suck toes. <laughs> no, that's getting chopped up for an audio clip later, a hundred percent. Man, grows. Got a hat, by the way, Emily. I just got a hat for my birthday. And it's a picture of Zoidberg in the rowboat, and it just says, I broke your television. I was about to be like, will you do Zoidberg? You want, like, the full Zoidberg story? You don't have to do the whole story. I was just going to be like, will you just, like, bust out something weird? I don't know. I mean, I could bust it out, but I think the story is important. So okay, all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, give the, I'll try to give the abridged version here. So this, this the guy the who does is- Zoidberg's voice, Billy West, he he. he used two different voices to make Zoidberg's voice. So the first one is is a, an actor named Ed Wynn who like he played the he played the Mad Hatter for like Disney's uh, Alice in Wonderland. So he's the guy that's like happy birthday. <laughs> Wait, uh but then there's also Lou Jacoby who was in this movie and he has like a really deep like marble mouth kind of voice that's like I'm sorry I stole from the children. So Lou Jacoby's one of the voices. But then the other voice, um, 
the other voice is, oh, Christ, if I can remember who it is, was another, another famous actor. But anyway, you put the two together. I fucked the whole thing up. Whatever, you can scrap it. <laughs> but, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. But the other voice, I can't remember the guy's name, but but anyway, you put the two voices together and you get, young lady, bring me a sandwich from the dumpster. Zoid Mercury's, <laughs> maybe. It's awesome, right? That's a really good impression. Damn. <laughs> I've been telling you for a while, you do good ones. Yeah. Doug yeah. Jessel was the other voice. He, he like he was like a vaudeville actor too, but he would be like uh, he would tell these like really shitty corny jokes that were like really edgy in the thirties. They'd be like, "Hello, Mama, it's me, your son George from the Lake." Like you know, he, his mom forgot who he is, and then yeah, you know, you mix that with Lou Jacoby. That's like, "I'm sorry, I stole from the children," and that's how you get young lady. Bring me a sandwich from the dumpster. <laughs> Dude, they're so good. That's like your best one, right? You who was it that did the Family Guy one? That was um, that was one of the guys from Calibrace, right? Oh, you know what I didn't? Oh, Bob. Yeah, Bob does a really good Joe. Yes. Yeah, Bob does a really good Joe from Family Guy, and then one of my new ones is just Larry from the Three Stooges. (laughs) You about to do it? Be careful, Mo. Dude, I couldn't even tell if that was a good impression or not. I haven't seen the Three Stooges since 1930. It was a good impression. Wasn't it? <laughs> Wait, how old are you? <laughs> 26. Oh, right. You guys are yeah, You're a child. Well, I... Where'd you find him, Emily? You've been hanging out to fucking preschool. Okay, and now I've been outed on the radio. <laughs> No, no, that was the whole thing. Like when we started working together, I think I was 26 and Emily was like 17, and that was that was like me and Ezra's job was like to keep the creepy Mormons away from Emily. <laughs> there was one creepy Mormon, um, and you guys didn't keep him away from me. I made up a story and left his apartment. <laughs> God, oh, I forgot that you like hung out with him. I was like, why did you do that? Just because he see, he was very earnest. I don't know. Yeah. But then he was, was uh, like, this dude is like just very, I, I just, look, I don't want to out somebody on the radio for something embarrassing. No, yeah, he deleted but... me like, and <laughs> he deleted me after Obama got reelected. Well, he like quit his job and then decided to go work at Jimmy John's, which honestly. Wait, where did he go work? Jimmy John's. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. But I remember he was like such a bro, but like he was like fully like he was like fully committed to like the religion in the sense that like he didn't drink caffeine, like no Red Bull or coffee or anything like that. He didn't smoke weed, but he was like such a bro and I was like, Are you sure you don't smoke weed? And he was like, Yeah, bro, I don't do any of that stuff. He really did, yeah. Looking back now, it, he does seem like the type of person who would have. But Yeah. Well, I thought he did, but I guess he didn't. But that's neither here nor there. I wonder if he makes a good sandwich. Hopefully. At least he's risen to I mean, that you think. good standard in life. So, <laughs> why? what gets you so interested 
and like studying like the blending of the voices that go into a character or like what are some great characters that inspire you? You know, um, I think a big part of it was like, did you ever see the movie Cable Guy? Uh, I think so. Maybe like um, once if I saw it, but it, I mean, I don't like vividly remember it. So part of the story of that movie is that like his, his mom was never home. So all he did was watch TV. And that was kind of like how I grew up. It was like very little supervision, which in part kind of explains why I was such a feral child. But I like I grew up listening to the radio and watching TV and like trying to mimic just trying to mimic everything that I saw and heard. And I mean, if you would have told me 30 years ago when I was like eight years old that that, you know, somebody would eventually pay me to do shit like this, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have believed it. Albeit, you know, it's not like I'm making Jeff Ross money or anything. But, um, bro, Jeff Ross is yeah, the weirdest like example. <laughs> that guy is like a lizard now. I mean, he's rich as fuck, but like he's so weird. <laughs> dude, he does even look here 10 years ago. <laughs> Jeff if Ross I would have said, not like I'm making Jeff Ross money, people would have laughed. But geez, that fucker's blown up since Norm and Bob and Gilbert all died. Yeah. We should open up an FBI file into Jeff Ross. He probably killed those fuckers. But anyway. <laughs> I just, like, I just grew up mimicking all that stuff. I remember, like, like the Three Stooges thing was one of them. Just, uh, like, one of them I've been playing with lately is, is Vincent Price. You know who Vincent Price is? I could. He died way before you guys were born. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely before your boyfriend was born. But uh, okay. <laughs> Vincent, Price, Vincent Price was, he was, like... He was always in scary movies, so he's the, the main star in, like, the original House on Haunted Hill, um, the Wax Museum, all these old scary movies from, like, the 50s and 60s, and, and he would be in, um, uh, he would be in these scary movies with, like, Boris Karloff and, and Peter Lorre, um, and Peter Lorre is the guy who Billy West modeled Ren's voice from Ren and Stimpy, that's that's actually a funny segue. So Ren is, is modeled after Peter Lorre, and, and Stimpy is actually a very happy Larry from the Three Stooges. So instead of like, uh, Christ, how do I say? So if you really listen to it, the Ren and Stimpy, you can tell it's just a hyped up Larry from the Three Stooges. So it's like instead of happy, happy, joy, joy, it's like happy, happy, joy, joy. And then uh, Peter Lorre is, is basically rent. Um, but anyway, so Vincent Price was in all these old, like scary movies and, and he would say something like, uh, Oh, come now, dear, let us move on to the dirigible or something, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I enjoy these so much. I just want to like clip them together later and like put them all back to back. So, uh, well, I remember we had, we had kind of a learning curve when we started at KDIF too. I was, like wait so we didn't record any of this <laughs> yeah like, oh my no, god didn't record any. that was that was the worst when their show wasn't recorded they have a pretty good system for that here like uh, it it automatically like uploads the, sh the show i mean obviously like you could be listening to it right now but as soon as it's over there's also a downloadable file um and then oh, we like yeah and then it's we have a backup saved to the computer so 
Um, like later tonight, if you go, if anybody wants to listen to this and you go to mutiny.fm and you go to shows and then you just go to the index, you can click on Badgers and Jam and all the episodes are in there. For some reason, the what? first episode on that list is not real. I think it was like because it's they were not sleeping. real. The first, ep- the first episode on there is like not. I think it was just that time slot from the week before we started. It's not a perfect system, you guys. You know, we're a tiny station. But the, the Wait, do you, do you do this nightly or weekly? Weekly. We're doing it every Wednesday. And so right now we're recording the episodes live here. We'll be getting a Patreon going. And it's, it should be super cool. I'm excited about it. Well, that's cool. Next week uh, on Wednesday at 6 o'clock, I'll program my VCR to record Mutant Radio while I'm napping. <laughs> All right, sick. Yeah, that would be awesome. It'll be it'll be available for you on the computer. Right, listen, uh, is it over? <laughs> hey, are you ready to go back to bed? Is that why you're asking me? No, but I do have to move. So here's the good news. I, like the bad news is that I have to, but the good news is that it's to a different apartment that's like forty feet away. So. <laughs> I'm still mulling over if I'm going to hire, like, a moving company. Oh, I thought you meant you have to, like, move right now. Like, Oh, well, I mean, you got to, like, start packing shit. Okay. I don't know. Why I might do- use some of my charm on the neighbors. Like, hey, I'll do an impression for you if you carry this Simpsons arcade over uh, to number 135. <laughs> I think we should hire you to come out here and do impressions in the streets of San Francisco to promote the comedy festival. <laughs> I'll make a list of my greatest hits. I still wish that you, I have always wished that you would do like comedy or voiceovers. You know that. Yeah. Uh, when I saw that one of your questions was like, why didn't I get into comedy? And I'll tell you a short story about that before I go. But okay. I tried to go to a couple of different open mics. And the, the truth is that in Arizona, comedy, like stand up, is like very gate kept. So I went to these open mics and then, like, the guy who was signing people up was like, oh, yeah, you're too late, man. Sorry. And then, like, 15 minutes later, it was like five minutes of showtime. Some girl sat down at the table next to mine, and she's, like, telling her friend, like, yeah, like, uh, the guy told me, he said that I that I had an interesting voice and, and that, you know, I should get up there. So he signed me up, and I'm going on, uh, you know, uh, right after, like, the third guy. And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. And then the next time I went, I was uh, with a pretty attractive friend of mine. And same thing happened. They're like, oh, yeah, you're too late because I showed up like an hour early. And there was like almost nobody there. And he said, yeah, you're too late again. Sorry, bud. Tough luck. And then he, my friend came to meet me there. And he's like, oh, yeah, you, you seem pretty funny. Why don't you sign up? And I was like standing like right behind him. And he's like saw me and he knew that I heard him tell her to sign up and I was just like, yeah, let's just get the fuck out of here. So we left. But yeah, that's, that's been my experience like in Arizona. So, well, that's unfortunate. Not, and I don't give a shit who hears this. Uh, yeah, fuck Arizona comedy right in the ear. Well, uh, well, you know, I haven't done too much there yet to make an opinion one way or another. I've done a little bit, but I did all of it. <laughs> I will say that there are like things that happen in comedy in San Francisco too that are just like very clicky and dramatic. And I don't personally really have any involvement in any of them, but I hear about them and it sucks. But I don't know, man, it's fun. If you ever come visit, I 
Like you should just do some impressions for the fun of it and come with us. Yeah, well, <laughs> as the kids say, spill the tea, fam. Say less.